Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. All right, open your Bible to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 10. Hebrews chapter number 10. I want to read our foundation verse, though. Isaiah 4 and 6. Isaiah 4 and 6. Isaiah 4 and 6 says this. There shall be a tabernacle for a shade or a shadow in the daytime. The Bible also says that it will be a shield or a refuge from storm, a cover from storm and rain. Thank you for putting that on the board. Go back to the first half of it, please. There shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from heat and a place of refuge and for a cover from storm and rain. Somebody say shadow. It very much matters what kind of a shadow you're under. It very much matters. We went to Disney World not too long ago, my family, and we were there, and it wasn't like 110 degrees, but it was every bit of 90 degrees with about 3,000% humidity in Florida. And, you know, it, it may sound like the, the happiest place on earth or whatever the sign says it is, but let me tell you something. It's the happiest place on earth in the shade. Other than that, it's where you fry eggs, all right? The whole thing is concrete. The whole thing is, is, is brick roads, and it's beautiful. It's fun. It's, it's exciting. My kids love it, of course. But there, it, it changes everything when you get under the right shadow. All of a sudden, what was affecting you is not affecting you like it was. This is why we're rising up to build. Somebody say build. This is why we're doing it. But it matters what kind of shadow you get under because you could wake up one day and find out that you're living under a shadow of something that was said to you, something that was said about you, or something that happened to you decades ago, and you're still under this shadow of something of a negative encounter or a negative event when all the while you can run to the shadow that never moves, that never ever changes, and you can get yourself underneath the wings, the shadow of the Almighty, and when you do that, now all of a sudden, all the harmful rays that have been beating you down your entire life now no longer have the same impact. It matters what kind of a shadow you put yourself under. So for us at New Heights Church, we're building a place where people can come, because right now, I was asked yesterday, uh, how many people do you think will come to your church on a Sunday morning? I said, I can tell you exactly how many will be there tomorrow. Because we have to register to get there. I said, used to, we didn't know. It was, it was like, I don't know how many people is going to show up, not show up. He said, he said really, in, a, in the middle of a pandemic, you got that many people trying to come to church. I said, well, I mean, many is a relative term. I said, but literally, our registration fills up sometimes within minutes for people hungry for the house of God. Now, I think about it like this. If our building was bigger, if we had more room for children, what's the first thing that fills up around here? One of the first thing that fills up is the children's ministry. 
Now, now, I don't know if you know it, but this is what we would consider an A-frame structure. An A-frame is exactly that. The, the, the structure, the bones of this building would look like an A. There's not any columns in the middle of this, in this room. We have a span is what you would say. We have a span between this wall and this wall, and then there's, a, there's just open air. So what we could have done very inexpensively is we could have just taken this wall behind me, and we could have pushed it out however many feet we would want to, and we could have just kept the A-frame going. Can you see what I'm saying? The problem is we wouldn't have had more room for our children. And I'm not doing anything that doesn't prioritize children. Because Jesus himself, when he was asked, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He said, let me tell you something. You shouldn't even be worried about great ones, the not great ones, the mediocre ones. You should be worried about being a member or a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. He said, but I'll tell you this, unless you're converted like a little child, you're not even going to be a part of this kingdom. He said, and then in another context, he referenced one time, he said, as a matter of fact, if you offend one of these kids, if you, if you offend one of these kids, I can just picture Jesus saying this and like looking away for a second, just shaking his head, because he's collecting his words, because this is the guy who who literally, whenever Lucifer decided to, to cause a, a rebellion in heaven, like lightning from the sky, flick, pow, he was gone. This is how strong Jesus is. He's sitting there and he's like, if you mess with one of these kids, and you moms know what I'm talking about. Some of you had some four-letter words run through your head you hadn't even thought of in years. As soon as I started talking about somebody, somebody offending a kid, you're like, better not be my kid, praise the Lord. And then you start going down the line, better not be a friend of my kid. Better not be a friend of my a friend of my kid. Better not be a person in my kid's classroom. Better not be a person on my street. I tell you what, if you mess with a kid, you're messing with me. That's how you feel about it. This is how Jesus is. So we're not going to have a, a room where there's a thousand adults and only be able to have seventy five children. We're not doing it. The, 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 uh, see, a good tide it does something real powerful. It raises all ships. So for us, we're just going to elevate. Somebody say elevate. We're going to build a bigger shadow. And even if, even if uh, uh, church continues or life continues with a, with a registration and, 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 and we have to alter some things, you know, I think, it's, I think there's a lot of things that are probably overkill, but I also think there's a lot of things that are, that are really, really wisdom-based. So, for instance, if somebody, you know, if, even before the pandemic, if you knew somebody have a, had a cold, you never asked them to blow in your face. Can we just be real for a minute? I mean, this is, this is, this is new. It's not, you know, it doesn't shock God, but this whole thing is new. So, there, there, I'm sure, there's certain things I'm sure are overkill, but then there's other things that are, you know that are, probably have some wisdom to it. You know, I've had some people come to me and, and they'd be like, can you believe what they're doing to Christians like us? And they're so passionate about it. And, and my first thought is, I didn't even know you were a Christian. I didn't even know you were a Christian. You never said his name to me. You never brought him up to me. When I talked about him to you, you changed the subject. But when somebody asks you to alter your life a little bit, now all of a sudden you're, you're acting like somebody nailed you to a cross? Now don't get me wrong. I got some lines. 
And I will not be pushed past those lines. But I don't want my life to look like an unjust balance. Where all of a sudden, when everything goes wrong, then everybody knows I'm a Christian. No, I want to be a Christian in good times. Come on, somebody. I want to be a Christian in bad times. I want to be winning souls when things are going great. I want to be winning souls when things aren't going great. And I don't want to be known for a bad attitude. I want to be known for one who has been ransomed by the king of all glory. So it ends up being this, this concept where even if, even if, even if uh, our society looks a little different than it has looked for, I don't even know how long because I don't want that to happen. But if that's the case, if our building was four times bigger, even in our current scenario, we would have four times more people that we could minister to directly. Certainly, I thank God for the, the internet and all the ways that we're able to, you know, a broadcast, but I also, I don't want to forsake the gathering together. I, there's something about being in the house of God. There's something about being around the people of God. There's something about hearing somebody stand up and read from God's holy book. There's something about having a, having a worship team that's, that's, that's been working all week long, come and try to lead us into the presence of God. There's something about that. So for, for us, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to minimize it. But at the same time, we're going to prioritize, on the contrary, we're going to prioritize building a larger facility, a bigger shadow, so that we can have more people, so that we can reach more people, so that more people can be touched and changed by God. But it, but it becomes now an understanding that when you get under the right shadow, there should be some things that change. I'll give you just a little synopsis of our church right now. We're what you call fanatics. We're what you call radicals. We do a lot of Bible thumping. Come on, somebody. I heard somebody say that one time. Well, I don't like those Bible thumpers. I'm like, okay. You like what? Like the, the Bible burners? If you're thumping it, it's probably in your hand. Where's yours? Not you. I'm just saying. We're a lot, we do a lot of Bible thumping. We say, well, the word says. Amen. We're not going to try to be arrogant. We're not going to try to harm somebody. We're not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Come on, we do a lot of Bible thumping. We do a lot of scripture quoting. Amen. You don't know how to beat the devil. It's real simple. You find a, find a scripture and stand on it. Yeah. Even Jesus, whenever he was tempted, he didn't shoot laser beams out of his eyeballs. Come on, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't step back and say, Michael, handle this. He just quoted the word. He just said, it is written. It is written. It is written. When you get hit, that's when you know you're in a fight. That's when you know you're in a fight. I got into a, a, little, a little skirmish one time when I was a kid. I did more than one, but one of them. I remember I didn't even know that the guy really wanted to fight me until I was in it. And I'm sitting there on the ground in a headlock, and we're, we're spinning around, and I see all these feet. Because, you know, in a schoolyard, everybody was just getting a circle around you. And I see all these feet, and I'm like, what's happening right now? And then all of a sudden, I just woke up. I'm like, man, I'm in a fight. I better get with it. So what I'm saying is, 
Sometimes when you get hit, it reminds you that the kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. You got to know you're in a fight. And, it, and this church, our church, New Heights Church, we fly under the banner of Jesus Christ, him alone, crucified. But at the, at the end of it, you got to know you're around a bunch of fanatics right now. The people sitting next to you are fanatical for Jesus. If it's your first time here, that's where you are. And you may get uncomfortable if, if after some time here, if you're just feeling us out, you know, I get it. I get it. Maybe you saw a picture of our church. You were like, man, you know what? That is a very handsome pastor. I'll go try it. <laughs> Maybe you're still feeling us out. That's okay. But if you come here for a while, you're going to start getting uncomfortable if you, if you don't go all in, because we're an all-in church. We're, we're an all the way. We're a though he slay me, yet will I serve him type church. And the crazy thing is we do it with a smile on our face. And everybody smiling is going through something. See, that's the trick. You, the devil will tell you they're smiling because they're so blessed and their life is perfect and God hasn't blessed you like he's blessed them. And you'll sit there because the next thing that happens, as soon as you don't go all in, the seed that starts to grow in your life is called offense. And then you'll start getting offended. You'll get offended about anything. You'll get offended about, well, I tried to register and I couldn't register. Oh, I've been going to this church for 800 million years. They ought to have my seat uh, gold-plated and with my name on it right there. I shouldn't have to register every week. Now, hold the phone here. You realize when you get saved, we expect you to be a part of the team. Like preaching and teaching the word like we're doing right now is for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Everybody say ministry. It's for the work of ministry. When you get born again, you put team Jesus on and you're supposed to be a part of the team now. There's no more poor pitiful me. It's righteousness of God in Christ. Old things have passed away. I'm the head and not the tail. Blessed coming in, blessed going out. That's who you are now. So now all that poor pitiful me stuff is over and you stop looking for, you stop looking at the church as the thing that's going to somehow make your whole life complete because the church is not designed to make your life complete. The church is designed to equip you so that you can go work some more. See how different this sounds in a lot of places where, where, where you get in there and it's like, all right, well, I don't understand this. It's too cold. It's too hot. Why they got the lights on? Why they got the lights off? Man, that guy can sing, but I don't like the way he, he shook his hand when he said it. Man, that girl can sing, but why she got to hit that note? Why they sing these songs? Why do they not sing those songs? I don't understand why they got a chapel in the middle of their lobby. That doesn't make any sense. Where's the Christmas tree anyway? You're sitting there looking at everything that's going on as if the church was created to serve you. The church was created so that you can be equipped to serve the kingdom better. That's what it's for, all of us. Even Jesus, he said, man, I didn't come here to be served. I came here to serve. I came here to work. The greatest in the kingdom of God are servants, hundred percent. So we come to the house of God, and and look, even if you get to get to get to church, and your kids have have two different shoes on, 
By the time you get out of your car and you walk into that door, it ought to be, all right, I'm laying aside every weight. I'm not worrying about that today. Baby, go in there and let them teach you about Jesus. Don't forget, I'm going to ask you about it on the way home. So I want you to think about what they're teaching you. Then you come in here and you say, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that I don't have any distractions. I was focused last night when I was watching Netflix. I'm going to focus this morning when I'm in your house. Come on, you'll be sitting there watching Netflix. Tell your kids to shut up when they're talking because you're focused. But then we get to the house of God and everything from the grocery list to what time do the Broncos play? All those things start popping up. So then you got to get decisive that you're going to focus. Somebody say focus. You got to get decisive that you're going to focus. Then you come to the house of God to get yourself built up. Then all of a sudden, now all of a sudden your cup begins to run over and you go back to doing what we were doing anyway. Loving people and pointing them to Christ. He said, well, how often do we do it? Every single day. Take no days off. I'm not saying you don't rest. I'm not saying you don't get some time. But when it comes to the vision, we don't take days off. You never know. You never know when God's going to use you. But I'll tell you this, you can't get ready when it's time to be used. So this is us getting ready. Can you say amen to that? So what happens is we get ready and now we build a bigger shadow and all of a sudden you'll have hundreds and thousands of people that are pressing towards the mark for the prize, standing under the vision of loving people and pointing them to Christ. And this place, I'm telling you, when we start breaking ground on this place, it is going to turn into like a, a nuclear magnet for the lost. I was having a conversation yesterday with a new friend of mine and he said, man, I came to this region you know, years, decades ago. And he said, he said, he said, I don't, he said, I don't understand what's going on with your church. I said, well, it's real simple. And he said, we're loving people and pointing them to Christ. He goes, he goes, yeah, he said, but, but, but the, 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 the growth and the whatever, even in these challenging times. And I, I said, oh, you're talking about the recession. I said, we chose not to participate. We, cho- we chose not to participate. We-, we decided that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a pandemic, we're still pressing forward. Can you say pressing forward? And so what that does, it begins to set up an incredible harvest where, and again, I'm not talking about anybody else particularly don't picture one person when I say this. I'm talking in generalities right now. Some people are going to wake up next year and they're going to be staring at their field and they didn't put any seed in the ground. And they're going to be going, oh man, I missed it. And I want to be going, here it comes, everybody. Here comes the people, everybody. Here's what's going to happen. Because in 2021, we're going to see a, we're going to see an influx of people like our church has never seen. We're already seeing it now. We're going to see an influx of people like our church has never seen because people want something to give their life for. Everybody. That's why you have all these young people now. God bless the young people. You can tell when you're becoming, uh, when you're getting more mature as a minister, when you start saying things like that. You know, these young people, but everybody that's got a little gray in their beard, male and female.
Sometimes stuff in my head misses the filter. You got to be careful. You got to be careful talking about the younger people. And you got to remember what it was like when you were one. Because they're passionate. They want something to give their life for. It's our job. Maybe we're a little further down the road. Hopefully we have more wisdom. Maybe we're a little further down the road. It's our job to try to impart to them without, without suffocating their passion. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a balance. We're trying to impart into a new generation without suffocating their balance. We're trying to, their passion, we're trying to direct their passion towards the things of God. Because at the, at the end of this, everybody wants something to give their life for. That's why so many people in different crowds and different, different uh, uh, times of life, they, they'll, they'll grab onto almost any cause. And they'll just, the, the reality is somebody presented the cause like it was worthy for all of their passion and their life. And we present that Jesus Christ is worth all our passion. And worth our whole life. And I don't, I don't want to take this to a somber place, even if it costs you your life. Hear me now. The world may never look the same. Where we live has been a very, even, even the hostilities that have come against the church, it has still been an incredibly good place for the church. But that might not be the case here forever. And I can tell you something else. God may send you somewhere where it's not the case right now. And if you haven't already decided, you'll get to decision point, and now all of a sudden there may be some fluctuation there. I'm not, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you that's gonna happen. I'm telling you that you need to be ready for it. You ought not, you ought not sit there and you ought not sit in your house and, and sit in your job and sit in all those other places and not give some consideration to what you would do for the kingdom. Because there'll be a day coming. There'll be a day coming where you're gonna be called to the carpet. Well, it won't be me. Probably won't even be another Christian. It'll be somebody in the world that wants to know where you really stand because of their hatred for Jesus and Christianity. Because at the end of this, at the end of this thing, Christians will still always be victorious and successful, but it very well could look different soon. Right here in America that I love. Cut me open, I bleed red, white, and blue. It's just the way it is. But at the end of this, it's worth your whole life. Somebody say whole life. whole life. So you're in a church with a bunch of fanatics. You're in a church with a bunch of radicals. We're ready to fight. I got, I, got a, I got a shirt I like that I had made. It says lions, bears, giants, etc. And it worked perfect yesterday because somebody asked me about it. That's why I had it made. So people would ask me about it. I said, what is that? I said, that's everything I'm willing to fight. What? So that's everything I'm willing to fight. See, one of my favorite people in the Bible, his name was David, and he killed a lion, he killed a bear, he killed a giant, and then he fought everything else that rose up against the kingdom. I said, so we've already decided 
we came here to fight. The difference is, all you UFC fanatics, some of y'all were getting like, like your, your left eye was starting to twitch. You were like, our preacher said we can fight. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We are in a spiritual war. We love people and point them to Christ. We turn the other cheek when given the opportunity. We're kind in the face of adversity. They know we're Christians because of how we love each other, not because of how arrogant and judgmental we can be. That's how they know we're Christians. You can ask, you can ask any one of my staff, some of our leaders. I say it very simply. I said, the goal here in leadership is to never give anybody an honest an honest reason to be offended with us. They might be offended. Believe it or not, some people have actually been offended at me before. Shocker, I know. But our goal is that it's not an honest offense. Meaning, if somebody wants to get bent, praise the Lord. But we don't want to be arrogant in the process. Because what I've found is that God loves people. And when people are hurting, sometimes they hurt other people. Usually the people closest to them is who they lash out at. If that fly flies around me one more time, (laughs) y'all are going to see a Mr. Miyagi move. (laughs) I sense just a freedom in the house. I'll fly away, oh glory. But our goal is to love people, to point them to Christ, not to judge people. Jesus said you wash the inside of the pot first. The problem is you see the outside first. So if our church doesn't smell like cigarettes and booze occasionally, Jake, (laughs) what I'm saying is I want our place I want our church to be a place where people are rescued and ransomed. Not where they're judged and lost. The world doesn't need more of that. The world needs more Jesus. We'll tell them the truth. We'll tell them go and sin no more. We're not going to refuse to be with them. I even hate the concept of that. Them. Because I remember what it was like when I felt like I was on the outside. I remember what it was like when I felt like I couldn't measure up. And then I read the book. And I found out I measure up because what he said, not because of how somebody looks at me. So it changes. You're, you're around a bunch of fanatics. Real quickly, I want to go to a few verses. Then we're going to close up today. Hebrews chapter number 10. Verse 35, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Everybody say confidence. That's a unique word in the original language, but some definitions for that word specifically are freedom in speaking, free and fearless and cheerful. This is confidence. Behavior, listen to this, 
that stands out amongst the masses. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't cast away your freedom of how you talk. Don't throw aside your willingness to defend what you believe. Do not throw aside your willingness to share what you believe. The difference between our Jesus and every other religion on the planet is the words found in the Bible are life itself. And when you release them, life begins to penetrate, hurting and harmed and broken hearts. And they have the opportunity to choose life. And when they choose life, they get put in the exact same condition that we are. Not that we were righteous before, but we have been made righteous by Him. But if you, don't, if you don't release those words, if you lose your confidence, if you lose your willingness to speak, sometimes just saying his name in a room is enough. The interesting thing about an egg is once it's cracked, it's cracked. Once you begin to put a crack in the environment with the power of the name of Jesus, the crack doesn't fill in. So you and me in a pandemic, if you're 15, 16, 18, 25, or 125, you've got to decide day after day after day is I'm not going to let my confidence get away from me. I'm not going to let the thing that makes me stand out get away from me. There's some things about you. You got some family and friends that don't want to be seen with you when you start talking a certain way. But you're the first one on the speed dial when they need prayer. Don't cast your confidence, your willingness away just because it puts you in uncomfortable situations. How uncomfortable would the situations that Jesus was in all the time have looked today? Everybody, every ruler of every area that he went to wanted to have him over. And he stops and he says, Zacchaeus, you come down. I'm going to your house today. All while everybody would say, can you believe he's going to Zacchaeus' house? Murmur, murmur, murmur. Don't cast your confidence. Don't stop the thing that makes you stand out. I've heard this all of my adult life. I don't want to be too churchy. (laughs) I said, the church is where everything good happened for me. I don't want to be too churchy. You know, anytime you hear something, you're not sure what it really means. You say the inverse and you'll begin to understand what the other thing means. You say the opposite, and then you begin to understand. So I don't want to sound too churchy. Here's the opposite of that. I want to sound real worldly. What's the world going to do for you? Oh, it'll entice you. But it'll leave you wanting. I'm not saying everybody's got to grab a hold of some of Christendom language because Christendom is different in different churches different areas some churches you get to 
The minute you walk in, you're everybody's brother. Brother, 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 brother. Some churches, you know, all the ladies are sisters. Sister, 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 sister. Some churches, they, nobody says the brother and the sister stuff. If you want to know what I think about it, I'll tell you. I don't think about it at all. <laughs> you want to talk like that? Yeehaw. If you don't, praise the Lord. But I'm not going to try to not be churchy. I have found this. It's a challenge to try to not do a thing. And it's easier to just pursue a thing. For instance, it's easier to climb a mountain than it is to try not to fall off a mountain. When you're busy doing, it's a lot easier not doing what you shouldn't do. In other words, we don't spend all our day, all right, today's the day I'm not going to sin. 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 That's not a Christian's life. Certainly, we should abstain from sin. We don't want to trample the blood of Jesus under our feet. But that's not his will for your life. His will for your life is that you wake up and you say, what can we do today, Jesus? Do you have somebody you'd like me to share you with? If you can use anything, you can use me, God. Show me. Give me an opportunity. Let me tell somebody about you today. Let me invite somebody to church today. Use me today, God. And you'll, you'll get there, and you'll get to the house, and it'll be dinner time, and you'll realize the thing you've been trying to stop doing, you didn't even think about. Because the Bible says... He'll keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on thee. Not trying not to do something, just pressing towards the mark for the prize. And all the other stuff just takes care of itself in your wake. You have need of patience, it says. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, somebody say little while, and he will come, he won't tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Somebody say now. When do the just live by faith? Isn't that beautiful? You don't wait till you get to heaven to live by faith. It's over by then. Everything you could have done, you should have done then. He said, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back or shrink back, my soul doesn't have pleasure in him. Verse 39. This is you and me today. But we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We are not of them that draw back. I told you you're around a bunch of fanatics. You tuned in to a church service with a bunch of fanatics. And I'll tell you why. It's because everybody in this room and many watching, we still remember what we were when we met him. 
we still remember what the feeling was when we met him. We still remember what rejection felt like. We haven't forgotten. So for us, for this house, we are not of them that draw back. Oh, but there's a pandemic going on. What's your point? We're not of them that draw back. Oh, but, but, but things are tough everywhere and they're saying 2021 might be even worse than 2020. Well, maybe for you. But we don't accept that. Well, what was 2020 like for you in the year of the pandemic? Well, I don't know. But what I do know is I'm blessed coming into a thing. We're about to come out of 2020. I'll be blessed coming out of the thing. Well, you just, you, you, you church folk, you guys just sound so churchy. Really? I'm starting to get it? One of the greatest things you can do is learn another language. You go to Mexico and you try to speak English down there, you're not going to be able to get what you want on a regular basis. Just the way it is. You go to another country, different culture, you better speak the language. So you can go to Mexico and you can begin to speak Spanish, but did you know you can speak Spanish but not necessarily have the, the, the accent of that region? It takes time to pick up an accent. There was, a, there was a, a, a Korean lady, actually an older Korean lady, and she uh, lived with some people in Alabama, and that's where she learned English. I don't mean this any old kind of way. It's a pretty interesting thing to hear somebody from Korea speaking English sounding like they're from Alabama. Because your cultural bend, even your accent, tells what you are connected to. So what happens when you decide you're not one that draws back? You're pressing towards the mark. You just start to pick these things up. You start saying what he said. You start quoting the Bible. And you do so without casting away your confidence, your willingness to declare what he said cheerfully. Then you start to see it start to come to pass. Now you're you're no longer working on what you're not going to do. You're pressing towards the mark. As we rise up and build this bigger shadow, as you and your family decide to stay under the shelter, the wings of the Almighty, as you go through the end of 2020, as you go into Thanksgiving week, some of you are going to have dinner with some family that you see once a year. You got an opportunity. Always ask the Lord, don't let me miss an opportunity, Lord. You have an opportunity with some family that you may never see for another Months, months, 
Oh, I just got that in my spirit. You got an opportunity this year. Thank you, Lord. To bury some hatchets. Can I just say this? Who cares who was right? Did Jesus forgive you and say, I'll forgive you for the stuff that you weren't wrong about? Or did he just forgive you? I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's got to be, you know, you're texting every day, all day. We forgive, and sometimes it's wise to not forget so you don't put yourself in the same situation again. But what if you just, before the dinner started, you said, hey, I don't know what it is, but there's just been something between us. And I want you to know, if it was me in any way, I completely apologize. And I also want to say that I hold nothing against you, and I would love a fresh start. God has been so good to me this year. He's been so good to me in my life. Maybe even, maybe even some kids, you'll be going and visiting your parents. What if you just walked in and say, I'm not here to talk about right and wrong at this moment. I'm just here to tell you that I love you. And if I've harmed you, I'm sorry. And I want to, I want to do better at honoring you. Now, kids, that doesn't mean that if they're nutso and they're, they're hurting you or something like I'm not saying that, kids. I'm talking about adult kids, okay? Praise the Lord. I'm not saying that you got to get under all that and whatever. But I am saying, what if this is that moment for you? Because I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's a decade worth of stuff because nobody just stopped and said, I'm not going to let this go any further. Sometimes it's two decades. When's the last time you talked to so-and-so? Oh, I don't know. What happened? I don't even remember, but something. No, they know we're Christians, not because of how often we're right, but because of how we love each other. And love covers a multitude of sins. And we're not the type to draw back. We're the type that press towards the mark. Let's bow our heads. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.